Hello and welcome back to the My Entertainment World podcast. Today we have another episode of the nominee interview series for you, half of which is happening on the podcast feed this year and the other half is happening in print on the website. So myentertainmentworld.ca to check out all of our interviews this year for the Critic Picks Awards nominations. Uh, Today I am speaking with members of the outstanding ensemble nominated cast of Frankenstein-esque, the silent protagonist theatre production at Toronto Fringe, which was a puppet and physical theater adaptation of Frankenstein. It was really remarkable, one of the best things we saw all fringe, and we were able to catch up with Graham Black Robinson, Michelle Graham, and Steph Crever Steph Crothers, sorry, Steph, um, who were part of the ensemble who helped both devise and perform the piece. So it was really fascinating to talk to them about working with the puppets, about creating the piece, about the whole shebang. Um, so I hope you enjoy the interview and I'll catch you on the other side. Okay, so to start, can we have you guys go around and introduce yourselves so we can tell all your voices apart? Sure, I'm Graham Black Robinson. I'm uh, Steph Crothers. And I'm Michelle Graham. Okay, and our first question is always, do you remember your first experience with theater? And let's take it in the same order. Oh, I do vaguely remember. My parents must have signed me up for like an Saturday morning or an after school acting class in some church basement when I was maybe in grade four or five. And as I recall, we did some kind of adaptation of Rumpelstiltskin and I got to play an evil king. I think that was the role I played. It's, I just remember having a lot of fun with that. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think for me, like, I remember one of the first shows I ever saw was The Phantom of the Opera. And I, w- I was like a child, but I mean, I we went to a matinee where only school group- groups went. And I remember sitting like right in the front row and looking up at the stage. And the woman who played Christine just looked directly into my soul as she <laughs> sang. And I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> So I think that was sort of one of my big first things. And then I, I, to be honest, I didn't get start really getting into theater until, until I was like, I I was at camp. So I'm doing the plays there. I must've been like 12 or 13 or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, I remember my sister when she was in grade two. So I was in kindergarten. um, She was in a play at school called the Canada goose. And she was so great. I like I always wanted to be her. And uh that just got me loving everything she did. And she was always like theater singing everything. And then um and my parents took us to see plays a lot. And then in grade nine, when my sorry, when my brother was in grade nine, he was in a production of Antigone. Mm. And he was incredible. And I was like, okay, I guess this is just what we're all doing. <laughs> my sisters in the play, my, my brother's doing this. And so at our school, we had a production of The Wizard of Oz. And all I wanted was to be the Tin Man more than anything. And I ended up not getting that role. And I was one of the guards. And I was really disappointed. But that's okay. I was in it. And then like from there, the, the, the role that made me realize, it's going to sound really self-absorbed, but like that I was good, was in grade 10, I was puck in Midsummer Night's Dream. It was like, oh, I finally have a time to really explore me. And it was, yeah, that like had little baby steps of life-changing theater 
And then that just blew the doors open. And how did you each get involved with Frankenstein-esque? Well, I mean, I'm the artistic director of Silent Protagonist, so I've been involved from the beginning. Um, I, uh, I've i always thought, like, Frankenstein would be a fun show to adapt with a puppet. Um, like, I'm really drawn to creating puppet theater that involves actors interacting directly with puppets as opposed to, like, isolating puppets on their own. So, um, you know, I was I had the idea for, for a show where there would be like one puppet animated by a group of people. And um, I don't remember how, how exactly we landed on Frankenstein, but we were tossing ideas around for what it could be. And it just seemed like kind of uh, a natural fit. And then the more we sort of explored the, like the subtext that we could play with having a puppet as the, the creature, the more it seemed like the thing to do. Um, I, I auditioned. Michelle, I think you were there the day we were in the same audition day, right? Yeah, and uh, this callback. Yeah, we were the callback together. And then, oh yes, and then the yeah, the call, the callback. It was great. I I met um, Nicole Wilson, the director, uh, through Modern Times, and you know, I was like, oh, this person's really cool. And then when I saw the uh, the call for the audition, I was like, oh, I love, I love this. Like, I'm a big um, creature feature fan like I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer like I and I was like okay I'm I'm gonna audition for this this seems like a a fun project um and Graham and I worked on a show together a few years ago and I've always admired him and you Graham I'll talk to you I've always (laughs) admired you and respected you and like desperately wanted to work with you again so when I saw that you posted the audition for it and it was puppets and I hadn't built i've been building puppets for the last few years but i haven't been performing as much so i was like i'm ready i want to do this again so i was just really happy that the audition came and i wrote Graham and i said i'm auditioning and you said great and we were all on board yeah i was so excited to see because i you know we had worked together and i knew you were a good puppeteer and like we weren't exclusively looking for puppeteers uh to be in the cast because we were asking a lot more than just doing puppetry but it was like really great to know going in on the first day of rehearsal that we had at least one other person with like extensive puppetry experience is like we're going to be okay no matter what happens we're going to be okay yay so the piece was collaboratively created take us a little bit inside that process and how you developed the script with director nicole wilson sure i mean so when we started rehearsal we spent a lot of time discussing the the novel and, uh, you know, our thoughts on it and sort of picking and choosing scenes from the novel that we thought were like the most important parts of the story. Like, I, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I believe we did an exercise where we had to keep reducing the like the beats of the story down to like as few as possible until it was just like, did we land on like a, a version where it was only three, maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, that was like a hilarious exercise because like the discussions of like what what we needed to tell the story, and then and then how we got it down. Like essentially, like you just build the creature and it lives. Like there really is. I, right. Yeah, it, it was like two that, beats, it, I think, in the end. Like you yeah, build something together and it lives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, know, you can tell a version. Sorry, go ahead, Michelle. I was going to say, there was like, we were like, no, this is really important and this is really important. And we realized, oh, wait, that's kind of the same 
thing. Okay, so that's one beat. <laughs> and we just kept whittling it down. And Nicole was like, start with 10. Now go down to just five. Now you only have three beats. And yeah, trying to get to that. Just the it's, most important things was hilarious. It's funny too, because like we started the show with that every single day. Like, and we didn't, that was all improvised <laughs> in the moment, but we were always kind of being like, I think that was like, Nicole really must have liked watching us uh, struggle through this process of like, how do we tell Frankenstein? <laughs> because she was like, okay, every day, that's how we're going to start the show. You guys arguing over what are the beats of Frankenstein. <laughs> Which was an interesting way to like begin the show every night because like, and, and kind of tragically, I feel like we discovered some like really interesting ideas about Frankenstein and about like the story of being an artist or being a parent through the lens of Frankenstein that we only kind of stumbled across while we were having this discussion, like yeah. on stage while the audience was milling into the theater. It's like, oh, you know, in, in another version of this show, like a subsequent version or in a different world, like that could have been a whole, you know, 60 minutes we could have spent exploring, you know, this idea or that idea. Yeah. And I think it's helpful to note that originally we wanted to tell just like a linear story of Frankenstein. And then as we started talking in rehearsal, it we were like, well, there's different situations of creation. And it's not just the, you know, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. It's like, well, like, let's look at parenthood. Let's look at, like, trying to have a baby without, like, uh, like not, I will say naturally, but you know what I mean. And, or like looking at the creation of art or looking at the creation of like novels. Like it just, there's so many different discussions of creation and that sort of spun us away from just telling beginning to end Mary Shelley's Frankenstein into our mm -hmm. own thing and that it, it became devised sort of pretty soon like really early on in the in the process and we all agreed on it and like yeah that makes sense let's do our own thing yeah so uh, Nicole led us through like a whole series of like different activities and exercises and we just sort of like spent a lot of time as a collective like improvising or doing these exercises together like we had one day where we just had a, a like a series of debates about the importance of like parenthood or like the role of an actor in theater and you know we didn't adapt those directly into the show but like a lot of that came into little bits of text that found their way into the show in the end I think it was that day was hilarious too. The debates. Nicole was like, "Okay, you get two minutes." Like she was really strict on. We had to do it in debate form. <laughs> Opening our yeah. I certainly had no formal debate Hi. experience, so I think it was almost <laughs> off like, the rails what? immediately as far as yeah. like limiting ourselves <laughs> to like you know opening arguments and and rebuttals yeah. and that it just was like you know it got heated because we were yeah. all really like invested in the stuff we were talking about like with the sacrifices of being a parent and the sacrifices of being an artist and trying to do both and like you know yeah it got intense and it was yeah it became very very personal how yeah. did the results of all of these uh sort of philosophical exercises crystallize themselves into like a playable script <laughs> um that's a great question <laughs> yeah i think i think like i think like um you know, the way Nicole works, nothing is ever crystallized, <laughs> nothing, you know, so, so, um, 
and, and it was really fascinating because we were kind of just going through the arguments. Like at the end of the day, even when we knew, okay, this happens, it's like a, there's a flag of, I have to, we, we have to confront Graham, who's like arguably representing uh, Dr. Frankenstein. And it's like, how are you going to confront him? So like, I guess to say these arguments got solidified in the, in through the action of like what we were doing and why we were doing it. Mm-hmm. Is that fair sometimes, to say? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes like just having discussions after the exercise about how we were all feeling would sort of turn into scenes in the show. Like there was a scene where I have a, like a bit of a breakdown or a hissy fit as you like about the fact that I'm not getting to do any of the puppetry, even though I like the whole point of the show was that I wanted to be on stage doing puppetry again after having not done it for a couple of years. And like that did like that just came naturally out of like the rehearsal process because, you know, Nicole really latched onto the idea of of me as the person who built the puppet um, standing in for Victor Frankenstein and like the parallels there. But, you know, the consequence of that was that most of the time I couldn't be doing any puppetry because I needed to be the person interacting with the puppet and the puppet needed at least half the cast operating him most of the time. So, you know, it, that that was a very real thing that just sort of, you know, we just brought on stage of like, oh, I'm, I'm frustrated and like, this is not, this show is not turning out the way I had originally envisioned it, which is very Frankenstein, right? Like this thing very I created is not going the way I wanted it to. Like, what the hell? Well, and how did that feel to have something that was like a very real experience you were going through be then brought in as a part of the play and put on perhaps with a critical lens for the audience? I mean, personally, I loved that because like, I don't think of myself as a writer, but I am a theater creator. And so I have a very hard time, like if pressed to sit down and try and write a script and write dialogue. But this is a way that, like, I was able to be, uh, you know, like, a part of this creation process, you know, script writing in a way of just being very honest about, like, my experience and and bringing that to the stage. Um, so that's how it felt for me. I'll let you two uh, speak for for yourselves. Yeah, I think I think for me, it's like I, I really it was it was strange because I. I've, I, it's been a long time since I've been in a devised process and it's been a long time since, um, uh, I was on stage, you know, after the COVID and everything. So I, I found, I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's this, like, I, it, it took me a minute to be like, yeah, it's this personal, it's this intimate and that, and, and that is what it is to be an artist. And like, we're trying to reveal and, and talk about these hard moments because, what else are we doing? That's art, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So, so I think one of the great things was like with, with the ensemble was like, we all just kind of le- leaned in, which made it a safe space for us to just, okay, this is where we're at. And like, there was never like, I, uh, I didn't like puppets before I did this show, you know? <laughs> so, but I never hid that. I was just like, like okay, I'm going to lean in. Like this is who, and then everybody, it was, it's just funny how it all, we all just kind of melded together where we were at really, really nicely. 
So between the three of you specifically, there is a very wide range of puppetry experience. Um, can you talk a little bit both about the creation of and the like literal functioning of the puppet and how that learning curve worked? Because you all, all had to work on it together, right? Yeah. Um, well, we did a workshop uh, about a year prior with a totally different like group of people um, where we, we had a, like a prototype version of this puppet. And we learned a couple of things, including the fact that the puppet was like too heavy. So I had to take a bunch of time to like hollow the puppet out and make it as light as possible. Um, but my goal with the, building the puppet was just to make basically a life-sized ragdoll. Like I didn't want to add too many like mechanisms or shortcuts into the puppet to allow it to be operated with fewer people. Like the difficulty of moving this puppet was always part of the like the idea of the show. Like you know, in the original conception of the show, you, as the creature got more intelligent throughout the the story in the novel we would add puppeteers and its its movement would get more precise um but we you know quickly moved away from that because it was just more interesting to always have the puppet able to move fully ra rather than you know limiting it for half the show so that was you know the creation process of of the puppet i i think i should let you two speak to the like experience of learning to move that puppet because you did a lot more of it than i did in the end there was a really neat rehearsal that we had earlier on where, um, yeah, Nicole was just like, just play, see what happens. And then there was one where he was just, or yeah, the puppet was just sitting there and it was like, we all just had to go over and say, I should be the one to do this because, and just like, try it. Like she, like we just needed to play with it and assemble it. And I, there was one direction that was like, make him as scary as he can be. And so it was just like five of us talking together about like, okay, how does how do his legs move? Who can hold it? Who's, who makes the most sense, you know, holding up the head or like moving an arm and which, and Nicole asked us which part we wanted to puppet them. But like, what was our like dream limb or part of the body? And I remember stuff, you were like, you loved one of the hands, like one arm, <laughs> you loved the arms. And it was just like, you just get comfortable with like the way something moves. And as soon as you start to realize that you can make it look a little realistic or yeah, they're just naturally lean in towards a piece that you like. And because four or five of us were always on the puppet, we were always working together and it was really, it took a lot. Like it was a lot of time that took us to figure out how to move him in a way that was realistic and made sense with him the context of the play and his own movements and sort of his own creation and becoming alive. Um, but yeah, it started with just like, here it is, go, like just see what you can do before we like tell you specifically how to move this thing, which was having that freedom was really nice. And do you have a favorite moment in the production? I have a least favorite moment. <laughs> oh, really? I want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. And not that it. <laughs> no, the moment that made me like just scared every day was the limb toss when we were tossing limbs across the stage. It was yeah. such a funny moment, but like yes. I went into it like I'm stressed. I'm so stressed. <laughs> so as soon as that part was done, I was like, oh, okay, okay, we're good. I like this. Oh, that one. I was a lot less stressed about the like, can we successfully throw the limbs around the way we <laughs> plan to? 
I should have been a lot more stressed about how much damage is this going to do to the puppet. <laughs> the yes. puppet did break multiple times because of that limb toss. And there was lots of like patching the puppet uh, between shows. I mean, the, that's the nice thing about the fr- the fringe show schedule is that sometimes there was a couple of days for me to like really do some damage control on that puppet. Yeah. I love the difference. Yeah. And and okay. him, uh, the puppet coming alive for the first time, like when we he went from lying down to like waking up. I just thought that was a really beautiful moment. Yeah, mm. I I do like the scene a lot where I am complaining about not getting to do any puppetry and uh, the rest of the cast just making fun of me with <laughs> the puppet, like through the puppet to like and like the inflatable puppet routine where. You know, you you do like you pretend that he's full of helium, and then you pop the puppet or deflate him. Like, I think fun. that might be my favorite part too. That was uh, a lot of fun, inflatable one. Mm-hmm. And I was always interested to see when we got to the scene where, like, you invited the audience to confront me, what that would be like, because the audience all—I don't think there was ever a show where the audience didn't get into it. Um, yeah. But it was all different. And Sometimes it was just people swearing at me. I'm so sorry. I have to go. I just got called into rehearsal. That's okay. Thank yeah. you for staying as long as you were able to. Thanks Thank for- you. Bye, sorry, Michelle. guys. Good Bye, to Michelle. see you all. See you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Were there any particularly memorable things you heard from the audience during that moment? I mean, there was a lot of a lot of swearing, but like some pleas from the audience for me to just like let the rest of the cast do the puppetry the way they wanted to without my criticisms did feel like pretty sincere. (laughs) I think, I think what's just so wonderful about that moment is we didn't think like, I, I truly did not believe that the audience was going to do it that readily. And most nights when we would start that, like we have to will the audience to confront Grant. Like it was like immediately, fuck you, Grant. Like somebody <laughs> just yelled it. Like, <laughs> I think for the first couple of times we were like, wait, that, really? It was that easy. It was. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think with this show in particular, like something that I love about, about the show we ended up creating is like at no point in this show did the fourth wall exist. Right. Like very theatrical thing. Like we were always, you know, interacting with the audience, like acknowledging the presence of the audience. So like, I think especially that late in the show, when that scene happened, they must have just felt like, you know, there's no fourth wall here. This is an open dialogue. We've been asked to to comment like so I think, you know, I think I think the show set them up really well to like not be afraid to just yell things out. Uh, which was great. I mean, it gave us a lot to play with. What were you hoping the audience would take away from the show? Mm, that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, f- like for me, it was just about, I, I mean, I would just be happy if they thought the puppetry was cool. <laughs> Honestly, like it was such a joy to to do such a big kind of puppet and like do cool things with the puppet. Um, but I mean, it was also a nice opportunity for me to like talk about my experiences becoming a new father and like how much harder it was to like try and balance all of that as you know so much more difficult than I I thought it would be. 
I think I think for me, like I really latched onto sort of the the moral of Frankenstein, I guess, of like, you know, I, I think that I hoped that people would go away with, oh, be thoughtful, be more thoughtful about things, you know, like act with care in life and with people, you know. I if Franken if Frankenstein thought before he before he acted or or thought outside of his own realm, his own mind, how how would the story be different? You know? And I think that's like really the at the core of it is yeah. Yeah. Have a care. <laughs> we had a lot of interesting discussions about Victor Frankenstein as a character. And like yeah. you know, it's funny because I th- I think like a lot of people I would have guessed going into it that the creature is like you know, easily more interesting than Victor. And uh, in the end, I mean, I think I I don't think I've ever found the character of Victor Frankenstein so relatable as I did working through the show and being like, you know, we all get really worked up about an idea and don't think through the consequences and get really single minded about it and then have the experience of reality kind of smack us in the face and you know, we all hope to do better than Victor Frankenstein having that happen and like abandoning our offspring, <laughs> basically. And like we all and we all know what that moment is. Like it's so human of like, oh, I thought this was gonna be different. And it's yeah. not what I thought. And it's like, oh, that's it's 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 heartbreakingly poetic, also, you know? Yeah. And the consequences to other people when your reaction to that is to just cut and run. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys have any upcoming projects or any social media, anything that you'd like to plug? Uh, you go first, Steph. I, you know, I'm thinking, <laughs> I mean, obviously, like, at, with Modern Times is doing lots of stuff that I will be working on in the future. Um, and you know what, I'm, I'm working on a project that's near and dear to my heart where um, I work with a, a group called Purple Carrots drama studio and from that um it's we've created a, a group called the purple stage and it's we use theater to teach social skills to people who are neurodiverse and um we did a show in december and then now we've just partnered for the fringe with the fringe for next year so we have five actors who are all very neurodiverse and uh they have really specific uh, level of needs and we put them on stage in this show that they create themselves and now um yeah they're gonna we're gonna do that same show at the fringe next year it won't be able to be a full run because of the needs of the actors but i'm i'm really excited to be a part of that project so is that this upcoming that. 2024 or or the yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's cool yeah well i would uh would ask your listeners to check out silent protagonist on Instagram. Um, We have a couple of projects that are very early in development, but we're working on uh, a pair of uh, theater for young audience puppet shows that are both devised uh, like Frankenstein esque was one of them is going to be found object puppetry. So rather than having a pre-built puppet, uh, we're going to start the rehearsal process with just a room full of stuff and create the puppets on the fly in the rehearsal process. And uh, the other show that we're developing is going to have a big hairy monster puppet in it. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun to bring to life. 
So stay tuned for more news uh, in the future. Very cool. All right. And do you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, not at the moment. Thank you so much for taking the time <laughs> to interview us. I mean, you know, it's been a really hectic year for everyone. And as a cast, we haven't really had an opportunity to like see each other or or reconvene as since the fringe happened half a year ago. So it was just nice to to see some familiar faces and talk about this show that was like we all invested so much time and energy in and had like a really amazing but hectic week of fringe shows <laughs> putting this show yeah. on. Steph, anything to add? No, just thank you. Thank you. This has been great. And it's been funny to like delve back into the this project. I was like, what are my favorite parts? It felt so long ago. It's so weird. Like you get so close and you work so intensely and then, yeah, but no, I, yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Good night. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to check out the website, myentertainmentworld.ca for all of our coverage and the entire nominee interview series, both podcast, audio versions, and we have a bunch in print for you this year. So make sure you don't miss anything from the series as well as our other podcast series that are happening all the time. So make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media at myentworld, my ENT world on both X and Instagram, as well as my entertainment world on Facebook. Uh, thanks again.